Welcome to Phantom Faction Podcast, a podcast to educate, entertain, assist, and guide anyone involved or interested in the paranormal. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction at outlook.com. Here's your trio of hosts, Dan, John, and Danny. Hey, welcome to this edition of Phantom Faction Podcast. I'm Danny. I'm Dan. And we are on location today, Dan. We are at the Black Creek Pioneer Village in northern North Toronto, or north north end of Toronto, North York. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, John's not with us today. He's he's got some other uh, work duties. That's right. He's missing out. Oh, because it was uh, we did our ghostly tour with our awesome tour guide Basil, oh, who is who is joining us. Yes. And uh, we did a, a ninety minute tour, and. Uh, Heard a lot of great ghost stories, and and Basil's going to share some more ghostly information with us, and give us a breakdown of what we just went through as well. And we had some experiences. We did, yes. First of all, welcome to Phantom Faction Podcast. Thank you for having me. And uh, you do a great job in uh, in doing the ghost tour here. So well, that's very kind of you. Thank so, you. So maybe first, before we get into it, uh, can you tell us a little bit maybe about Black Creek Pioneer Village? Um, we can go into the skin and bones of it. Well, it was, it became a thing in 1967. That's when the Pioneer Village was formed. And what makes this village interesting in particular is that half of the buildings that are in it weren't built in it. They've been moved from other places across Ontario. I can think of two that are from Woodbridge. Um, There's one from the Belleville area, one from Stratford, stuff like that. Right, and there's some original buildings. the The old barn, I understand, is yes, I believe the barn the is. Yeah, and uh, and the log house and second house of the Stong family. Those were the first European settlers right. in this uh, neighborhood. They were essentially the ones who built the village as it was here originally. Although before that, the uh, Huron Wendat had settled in a village not far from here. I believe a bit south of here, but this was in the mid to late 15th century. Right. Well, and. Tell us a little bit about uh, the company that you're working for that do the Haunted Walks. Oh, uh, the Haunted Walk is originated in Kingston, but we operate as well in Toronto, obviously, and Ottawa. In each of the three cities, we give multiple tours, if I could remember right. That's four in every city. Mm -hmm. And that's not including the seasonal events that we do around as well. Right, so it's quite the company, and uh, you got yourself involved. You're from the Toronto area? Yes, yes I am. Right, and you got yourself involved. Uh, how much research did you have to do to uh, to know the buildings here at Black Creek Pioneer Village? I, happily, enough uh, to when it came to telling the stories, happily that work had already been done before, long before I turned up, mm-hmm. which was a bit of a relief. But it's been helpful, like, uh, milling around myself and doing a little bit of exploring. I still feel that I don't know enough about this neighborhood. The thing is, I give two other, uh, two of uh, the other haunted walk tours around here, and I've been giving that for almost a year now, if not more. And even then, I I will never feel like I know enough. Right. Is what I'm trying to say. Well, you're always learning, and we find yeah. that even in the the paranormal business, if you want to call it that, but yeah. Yeah, you never stop learning no. about it. Uh, you you learn a little bit about the stories, you do a little bit of research, but there's always more that seems to develop through time. 
So, which is also uh, it can becomes important for us because our scripts tend to be very fluid creatures. Like uh, uh, things will change on that script. Mm -hmm. We hear something that solidifies a rumor that we'd heard. So now it can come on to the script. Now it's good enough to be story worthy. We hear something that kind of conflicts with something we'd already been telling. Maybe we want to take that one off and check up again. Right. Happens all, we have whole stories sometimes removed and replaced with other ones that are now stronger. And some of these stories, uh, of course, you can date them back many ages to where the house uh, once was, like you had mentioned. Mm -hmm. But some of the stories are actually directly from the staff here that have experienced uh, ghostly apparitions sometimes. In the Black Creek Pioneer Village tour, this is especially true. While it is kind of the case as well in the other tours we give, the original downtown, the campus secrets inspectors at U of T, and the distillery district, up here in Black Creek Pioneer Village, as you've heard over the last hour and a half, a good chunk of these stories happened to guides in our own company. Like they were at least witnesses to them. Which makes it very easy for us to uh, fact-check them. Now, before you became a guide of a haunted walk, did you have an interest in the paranormal? Were you a believer? I will admit, not so much. I am stealing a quote from my favorite writer, Terry Pratchett. I don't believe in ghosts, but I don't know if they, believe, uh, they know that. <laughs> <laughs> that had always been my, yeah. my attitude to the supernatural. And now, working here, has your attitude changed a little bit? Slowly, Slowly, especially after starting working at, uh, up here in Black Creek Pioneer Village. Like, this is the latest tour that I've started giving, of the three that I give. Right. And this is definitely a world away from the other two that I give closer downtown, where there would be more civilization, for lack of a better term, mm -hmm. more stuff going on in the surroundings. Here, you're left with nothing but your own imagination sometimes. That's right. And then you got to face now. But the University of Toronto does have a very haunted history too. Yes, it does. And uh, I have a friend who I'm trying to get on the podcast, who used to be uh, a campus police. Oh yeah? And he's got some great stories that yeah. uh, he's not so sure he wants to share yet. Right. But uh, I'm working on him. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so hopefully we'll get him on here one day. Weirdly enough, uh, the campus tour is the only one that I'm aware that we've taken at least one story out for being too dark. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. Mm, well. um, trying to remember which particular site it was, but there was one taken out. We started realizing this is really disturbing. This can be disturbing. Really, yeah. like in a, if if not so much in a spectral way, in a very Edgar Allan Poe kind of way. Oh, I see. Right, and I know being on the walk in Kingston mm -hmm. just this past year, that and we talked about it on the podcast two yeah. episodes ago, I think. Right, yeah, and they eliminated one story. The lady was telling us that was doing the tour that they eliminate one story because it's very disturbing, and all I can tell you is it had to do with children. So I don't want to ruin it for anybody else that goes. <laughs> exactly, this is why I kept mum on the details of the one that I know as well. Like, yeah. uh, who knows? It might just be uh, needing a revamp only to return. Yeah. But we tended to find we're like while we do mention to uh, to guests that we don't tend to recommend uh, having children younger than ten come by, mostly because they uh, we uh, for their own sakes we would worry they might be bored or something. Mm -hmm. However, when that uh, in stories like that we tend to find there is another reason to give the parents a heads up, right? Being like, how much can your kid take? Yeah. Kind of thing. Oh, Sometimes exactly. there are some tough ones. Well, we uh, we had some youngsters on the this one tour. We were just on together, mm -hmm. and they seemed to handle it well. Well, the one the one little guy was like, 
was begging his mom if he could watch Star Wars when he got back home. <laughs> I was like, he's not having a good time. Yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna say, uh, well, my take was unfazed. Well done. That's yeah. right. He's handling this in ways better than I am. So before we get into some of the haunted ghost sure. stories here for our listeners, um, Danny and I, we we had our uh, K two meters. Oh, and yeah. and uh, one of the buildings, and we'll get to that building eventually. Was it was going crazy the whole time, and we don't uh, have any reason. Yeah, yeah. You know as to why it was going off. There was no electronics in the building because it's a pioneer village. Mm-hmm. There's no security systems there because you have security guards on site and mm-hmm. high walls <laughs> to get over. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we were in the other barn or, or a, a, a barn like structure the one with the coffin in the, in the yes back. Uh, I was standing to the back of the group with my back to the door heard crunching on the gravel like someone was walking and I looked out and I had the little flashlight and there was nobody there mm. and I thought well well you know might just be my imagination or maybe it's, there's a raccoon or a possum or something walking around and then the door started to shut mm-hmm. on me and that's never happened before no, it hasn't. And it we has confirmed that with one of the other guides. Yes, with my site supervisor. What, that door is a bit on the Lucy side when it comes to keeping it closed. Right. It has. A, it can have a problem with opening of its own accord. And it's a very calm night. There's zero breeze. Yeah, nothing out there. Exactly. But so uh, this is a problem with it opening of its own accord. We know that bit. Not this time. This time it closed. This time it closed, it was yeah. closing. Which is way harder. That's right. And uh, we went outside and tested the door, and I jumped up and down on the porch, and it didn't move a, a millimeter. No, yeah. I just so, watched it do so it, So maybe too. you can add that to, to your next tour. Based on how we develop those stories, <laughs> stuff like that. And it's easier when you can say, I saw it. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. Do you have a, a favorite story that you uh, share about in Black Creek Pioneer Village? Mm, good question. Uh, probably my favorite will still be about uh, the manse, which ironically is the building I am the least comfortable being in. Right. Probably that's why it's my and favorite story. And that's the one where our meters was going crazy. That's right? the building. And that's the only building that they went crazy in. That's right. So tell us the story about the manse. Well, uh, the folks, when we first started uh, a haunted walk operating in this village, Im- almost immediately we started noticing something was a bit off about that place. Like, and we'd known that other Black Creek employees had been uncomfortable in there. They would, uh, they'd mentioned that they would frequently feel some kind of a presence. And not only that, the presence would not be very friendly. In fact, the one in the manse is known to be quite hostile. Malevolent is a good word for it, actually. Uh, to, uh, we did know, for example, one volunteer's three-year-old niece refused to go, uh, go into the building and they kept asking her why, and she kept saying there's a mean man inside, when no one else could, uh, knew what she was talking about. So the quick history of that building is, it used to be the manse of the minister for the Richmond Hill Presbyterian Church, and uh, that is one of the buildings that was moved here. Mm-hmm. Originally, it was on Young Street, actually, yeah, okay. built in 1835. Wish I could tell you how far up young, but it's a long place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first ma- reverend, forgive me, the first minister who lived there was Reverend William Jenkins. And he was known to be a bit of a character in his life. He, he had opinions. Like the, I'll get, the highlight that I gave you all in the story uh, in there is the bit where he once was giving a sermon and he noticed that somebody was asleep while he was giving it. So he woke him up. By hitting him on there with a Bible. 
<laughs> and the quote, I believe, is, if you won't hear the word of God, then feel it. <laughs> he was that kind of dude. Right. So, uh, after he passed away... A fire said, and brimstone kind of... Uh, it appears so. Right? <clears throat> yeah. So, he passed away in 1843, and people have a feeling that he never left. Like, based on stuff like this young girl, a lot of people would mention they'd see a, the guy looking down at them from the top of the staircase in there. Some have mentioned being pushed down there, uh, like down the stairs. Now, was this the home that where the whole foundation shook as well, or was that another place? That was the place. Thank yeah. you. In one of our one of our own haunted walk tours, one of the guests came up to the guide and pointed out to her that she saw a man, this man standing at the top of the stairs, and that he I I think I'm quoting here he doesn't want us here, and that that exact moment something started happening upstairs. Whatever was going on, whatever force was pushing around, it was violent enough to shake the whole house. Wow. That's a lot of energy. Yes. Which is why, like, of your, uh, you two telling me that that's the building that you caught something odd in there, um, this doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Mm. Yeah. And uh, when we've had the K2 meters, even on, on other paranormal uh, places that we've been to, uh, you know, a lot of times it'll, it'll go up into colors and stay in that color. This particular match, though, it was going crazy back and forth, which almost to me says that this is a very angry spirit. You know, like he's, uh, he's got a lot of energy. A yeah, lot of, a lot of hostile energy. Yeah, because just the way it was moving, and it didn't stop. And the more you told the story, the more it was really bouncing back and well, forth. Well, and so. even uh, the other young lady, the guy there, she said, "Yeah, there was a time where there was another paranormal investigator with her who had a K two meter, mm -hmm. and." When yep. she was speaking, it would go off, and it looked like it was like yep. getting you know, like the the device was getting angrier. Yeah, right? it was going exactly. red, and that's and a feeling uh, that I got. Is that yeah, it was very know, it's angry. It's a very thick feeling in there. Yeah, right? and even some of the other people, uh, as yeah. part of our group, when they went upstairs, they said they felt a lot of pressure. Yeah, and they weren't comfortable up there. Yeah, I've so. never been up there. Really, and I'm yeah. fine with that. Well, I've got pictures. So. There's <laughs> some creepy dolls up there, and uh, yeah, right. oh, that's oh. in the other house. Oh, though. I'm sorry. Right. Uh, that, oh. That's at the Berwick yeah. house. That yes. one. Oh, yeah. okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I've been there. They all they all kind of look yeah. the same <laughs> for a while. In yeah, the door. because the upstairs in the manse, you said that they closed it because people were feeling like they were pushed yes. down the stairs. I, if I understand it right, it was when people started to mention that they felt being pushed down more than once. That's when people started to draw, when they drew a line and just closed it off. Right, and that's, that says something about this place where the people who run it would say, you know what, people are getting shoved, mm -hmm. and we need to block that off. Yep. So that's that legitimizes it a little bit for oh, know, yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. So yeah. that's pretty. That's uh, that's pretty cool. Right. Now you've never had a paranormal experience. I mean, besides that, you'll admit I mean, to. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, uh, well worded that one. I admit, I just might be enough of a, an ignoramus that it might have already happened and I just didn't notice it. Like, like, like the, the footsteps in the door? The footsteps in the door. It, the door I saw and then you pointed out, I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I'm glad I was facing it. This might I, be my first because, time. Because, you know, and, and apologies, I wasn't paying attention to your story <laughs> because I was focused on this. That's the, quite the, all right. The crunching of the gravel and I saw the door and I was like, I had to interrupt. Say, look at the door. And yeah. everybody was like, oh. Yeah. 
No, I appreciated it too. I was like, <laughs> all right, now you know that uh, that weird things can happen in here. That's right. After all, you just saw them. That's right. Um, I can't remember anything distinctly paranormal. Heaven knows uh, there've been enough like question mark about question marks about some particular things when I'm giving my last story in my original tour downtown. The one this ends at Mackenzie House. I'm sure you lads have been there already, but. More often than not, there tends to be something that's weird going on when I'm giving that story. Someone would mention, was that light supposed to go off halfway through your story? I'm like, not at not at 10.30 on like a Tuesday yeah. in July right? kind of thing. Um, so you've had some questionable experiences. But questionable. Yeah. I like that word. And you know what? We certainly, as investigators too, you always look for the logical explanation, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, we do that. And even with the door closing today, Dan right away wanted to check that door, right? Yeah. You know, to, to see, is there any way that it Well, you have move. to debunk so, everything, right? That's right. you got you got to double check on these things. That's right. Let it not be said that you took anything for granted. Yep. Yeah. Oh, exactly. The Mance getting the readings and everything off the K2, that was really something. Yeah, and that started immediately when you walked in, didn't it? Right when I walked in the door, and it, it had not moved at any other building at that point. No, I was nothing. Like, I don't even know if it's working, right? <laughs> and then we walk in there, and it just started going crazy. It's like, nope, it's fine now. We well, walk outside, and it, you know, and it's just right back down to the first level. And I green. pressed mine as we left when I shut the door. Yeah. I pressed it against the door, and it went off. Yeah. And then I went to the window, and I pushed it towards the window, and it went off a little bit, and then it stopped. Oh, it's just yeah. all over the place in yeah. there. It's a yeah. it, that very energized building. Yeah. yeah, so there's definitely a, a feeling or, uh, and, you know, and I, and I think maybe you've even felt it yourself before. I mean, you said you don't like The manse is the building I like being in the least. Right. Even though they argue the Berwick house is the most haunted yeah. building in the village, it is the manse I don't like being in. I'd yeah. rather be in the Berwick house. And you do yeah. have uh, paranormal investigations here. Yes, yes we do. So people, anybody can come in, right? Uh, on or, our tours. Or arrange it? Uh, I think that can be arranged on because its own, the halfway yes. house, uh, they had an investigation going on in there tonight. Yes, this is our uh, seasonal event right now up here, the haunting at Black Creek Pioneer Village. This is right. precisely what they do in there. They are half re-enacting re paranormal investigations that have already occurred in there. And then about the other half is they're doing a little bit of their own. Well, when we started our tour, we passed the halfway house, mm -hmm. and there was four young ladies in their 20s standing mm -hmm. out front, and I went over and introduced myself and gave them some business cards, and I said, how's the investigation going? And they were outside because something had happened inside that had spooked them. Oh, I didn't know this. And the one girl said that there's a bell in there that started to ring on its own and nobody was anywhere near it mm -hmm. and some of the items on top of the fireplace came flying off of the mantle and yeah. they screamed <laughs> and ran out the building and uh, they were collecting themselves out there yeah and it's, it's too bad we, we weren't able to get in the building tonight but uh yeah maybe uh we'll get tony and the rest of ship down, yeah, down here down. one night and do an investigation the right. good news is that uh, the haunting ain't going anywhere. Like no. we're yeah. we're we're only getting more active as we get get deeper into October. Once we're in October, like we're already over the weekends, uh, up to giving at least three hauntings 
between Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, if I remember right. I think in October it will go even further than that. Like Halloween, that's that's our heavy time. For sure. That's the heavy time, yeah. What can you tell us about that halfway house? Where did it come from? What is the the halfway house? Yeah, it was it was an inn originally, and it was named out for a reason. It used to be on the road halfway between Toronto and Kingston. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. And it's it's a very big place. I keep forgetting how big it is, especially compared to some of the other buildings in the village. But uh, that uh, that spectral association, we suspect, has to do with the wife of the man who built it. Mm-hmm. Um, Alexander Thompson was his name, and Marianne Thompson was hers. Now, the rumors suggest that Alexander had had a second wife that he didn't, he neglected to mention. But it appears, rumors also suggest that Marianne found out. And this was right before Alexander passed away. Mm. Make of those conclusions (laughs) what you will. (laughs) I ain't saying anything. (laughs) But a a lot of people have mentioned seeing a woman in a period blue dress in or around that building, even after it has moved to this location here. Uh, One employee once saw somebody walking upstairs, he thought it was a colleague of his, so didn't pay much attention. Then he went into the kitchen, found that that colleague wasn't even supposed to work that day. So he went upstairs to figure out then who this lady is, Mm -hmm. and found himself completely alone upstairs. Mm -hmm. And that was either, I'm trying to remember, last year or three years back, one of the two, two of our own guests uh, on one of the tours got were late so two of our own people volunteered to walk them through the village to catch up with the original group you've noticed it's pretty dark out there yeah we don't send people out to find folks on their own right but as they were passing the halfway house one of the guides saw a lady in a blue dress walking around outside towards the halfway house and she knew this story very well so she was joking around with the rest of her group like we see her right the thing is, not, uh, only one of the others did. Right. So by the time she could go run up to this lady to shine a flashlight, because even her own colleague couldn't see it, mm-hmm. she'd gone into the halfway house. Yeah. Trippy and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, we do find that even uh, sometimes when we're on an investigation, we'll have uh, two, three recorders recording at the same time. Mm-hmm. And one will say, listen to this, right? And when yet when I play it back on my recorder, you don't hear the, that voice that came through. Yeah. So why does one recorder pick it up and not another? Or and it's the same with a person. Like you said, one person saw this. Maybe the other one did not. But but the third. Yes. One, didn't. one guest, one guide saw it, and yeah. one guest and the other guest and the other guy did not. Yeah. Why? They're in Who tune knows? to it. And Just in tune. Are... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, I happen to know the two guides who were involved. The one who did see it, I'm like, yeah, I can dig that. Like, <laughs> she's very attuned with the with their spiritual side. So, right. right. Now, there's a uh, there's a cemetery right here. Yes, and there is. It's an actual cemetery. It's not just been planted here. Nope. nope. It's not. A, it's not a prop. And how old is this? Ooh, the cemetery itself. Um, I think it's it's it must, something? 1845 it must be yeah because that was the year the fir- the first person put in that cemetery was buried or okay. that was the year that he died oh, okay yeah so that's where where it started yeah that sounds about right yeah and uh, just you had told a story inside the church that is there beside it yes was that church actually there too or was that uh, no that, that was, was moved as well that was um, uh, it was named the Fisherville Church I had not told you this bit yet mm-hmm. which had laid the clue 
And Fisher was the last name of Elizabeth who married Daniel Stong, mm -hmm. who is credited for being the first European settler here, him and his wife. It was her brother who built that church. Mm. Oh, I'm trying to remember where exactly up north. No, yeah. Like in this neighborhood here, Richmond Hillish. Yeah. If you ever listen to the podcast, mm -hmm. you'll hear, uh, especially some of the locations that we record at. You mentioned this, yeah. We see a lot of movement and activity. We've got voices on on the uh, recorder. Growls. We've heard growls. <laughs> all Ooh. sorts of things. And while we've been talking here, I haven't said anything yet, but I've been seeing a lot of movement. Uh, there was someone in that chair yeah. down there yeah. just a minute ago, and there's keeps, someone keeps going here to this door. And over and over behind Danny, we're up by that uh, <laughs> by that trash can. Yeah. So I, I didn't tell you I see stuff. Yeah. But, I, uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate <laughs> it. But I just wanted to uh, throw that in because in the last two minutes, it just picked up. Yeah, I yeah. could see you looking yeah, around. Looking and like, I was wondering Dan, now that Dan you mentioned it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, if you're ever talking to me and, and you see me doing these, it's it's not I'm being paranoid. I'm I'm looking at things moving around. Do they seem yeah. nice? Uh, I'd have to t tune in more to. We have to gauge more. Yeah. So right. too bad John wasn't here. Yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> John right. is is way above me. This is his thing, huh? Yeah. yeah. So thought he couldn't make it, unfortunately. I'm gonna oh, spin sorry. you back right now to the sure. the uh, cemetery. Yes. 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 Uh, sorry. Because well, that's okay. Uh, there was uh, you told a story about a, a young little boy that's been seen in the church, and then. Uh, you related oh. it to the cemetery. Yeah, several times it's been seen. Uh, because it's that we're not absolutely certain who this boy would be, but our best educated guess based on who's in that cemetery and who would have been a similar age and from a similar time period based on his clothing, uh, Robert Frank Atkinson, we believe is his name. And he was buried there after passing away just shy of his fifth birthday, mm -hmm. which sounds a lot like the boy that people have been mentioning that they would see sometimes in the church, in the cemetery, around it, in that pathway in between. Does, and, and does he interact with anyone? Uh, to an extent, yeah. Like he tends to like play peekaboo a lot for with uh, with tour groups, especially ones with younger children in them. Right. This yeah. has been mentioned. Like a lot of guides would notice him, but in the moment, frequently they'd assume he's just one of the. Either an inter one of the interpreters who are in costume in the daytime here in the first place, or just one of the younger ones in right. the tour group. Mm -hmm. Then by the time they realize he can't be, in one case, for example, one of our guides realized there was no children on the group in the first place. Yeah. By the time he figured that out, the boy had gone. Right. We don't tend to trust little kid spirits too much. Mm -hmm. we, we tend to think that there's something else that's... You know, projecting themselves as a child to lure people. In. This would sound right. <laughs> so, yeah. if you ever see him, mm -hmm. go, the other, go the other way. <laughs> Dan's pointing out. No, that's the, I don't think. I so. could have sworn I saw a flash on my left. Now that you oh, mentioned really? it, yeah. just when I saw it, like something around this area, like there was it, a little it, flash. It looked or like someone was wearing beige colored pants, mm -hmm. like tan colored pants, right here. Yeah. And the hair's going up on the right side of my arm right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm feeling too much of these vibes, too. Like these, <laughs> I looked, I was like, You're opening why did something just flash up? Yeah, you see, you're right. starting to open up to it, yeah. right? So now you, maybe you'll start seeing these things. So. 
I don't know if I want this imagination, <laughs> man. I'm just doing my job. <laughs> well, you're doing a great job. I appreciate it. So are you, lads. I appreciate you. The, I appreciate this is happening right now. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what? Uh, I really appreciate like coming here, getting a chance to, to come here. And, and actually, the tour, it, it's so much better at nighttime. I mean, it just seems to fit, right? Oh, yeah. And tonight. Oh, yeah. And there's a full moon. Full moon tonight, right? Yeah. And we just had Friday the 13th bath. Yes. That's right. Yesterday. Which had been noted. I was like, Saturday the 14th is close enough in this place. Like, I can tell you that much. Mm. Weirdly, though, I mean, going on a limb, generally it is true. Like, doing these tours in nighttime tends to be more effective, for lack of a better term. Certainly, right. I feel the difference when I give the downtown tours in the daytime. Yeah. It becomes a different ball game. Here, maybe, maybe there might be something to doing it, uh, giving this to this ghost tour in the daylight. Mm. I, I had mentioned, I think I'd mentioned it to you, Dan, like the Berwick House, the one they say is the most haunted in here. I'm like, I'd still rather be in there than the man's. However, I know that I'm less comfortable in the daytime in mm. there. There's something about the way the light comes into the place. Right. And it makes me feel like maybe I shouldn't be here. <laughs> so yeah. there is that argument. Although, as you've already found out, like it's hard to beat nighttime in that it's just dark. Right. You're yeah. left with nothing but a flashlight and your imagination. Yeah. That's and right. you supply the flashlights, which is nice. <laughs> yes. So. We, we know better than to rely on others. Like, get your own stuff. Right. Now, the, the tour was a 90-minute a tour. And there, yeah. obviously, there, there's other buildings that... Uh, that we didn't go to or mm -hmm. um, that people can come during the day and, and take their normal little stroll through, I guess. Yeah. Like there's general stores, there's... Yes, I uh, like, oh my God, it's hard to remember them in the yeah. until you see them in the daylight. But yes, yeah. we passed the Emporium by, by that front. Right, there was a shoe, shoe Emporium. Yes. Uh, like a, a cobbler. Place. And there was, a, and I believe there is an actual barn, as aside to the yeah. building we've gone into, that looks, that's kind of like a barn essentially. There yeah. is a literal barn somewhere. I've never set foot in that one either. Uh, I think there's actually uh, live animals in, yes. in the barn. Yeah. Yes, there are. So, yes, there are. So, that as I remember when I was here with a school trip one time. So. Yeah, aside from like the goat yoga thing they're doing now, <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is right. great, by the way. You should do it. Um, uh, heaven knows when I'm around. If anyone's wondering what the hell's goat yoga, they have these tiny little baby goats, and you do yoga in the in the field or the park, and the little goats climb all over you while you're doing your downward doggy and, and right. all this other stuff. And so. what better way can you think of spending an afternoon? By <laughs> having a goat walk all over you while you're trying to do yoga. A baby goat. This a is baby important. Goat, right. not, a, not a big goat. It becomes very relevant yes. when they're stepping on you. That's right. But uh, yeah, even in the daytime, like just the random wildlife I find, like there's a family of black cats in this play, uh, village. I can tell you that much already. Yeah. And in the daytime, uh, like every 10 minutes, you'd see a rabbit around. Yeah. Raccoon, like definitely, obviously raccoons. Um, I think somebody saw a fox not too long ago around here. I wouldn't doubt it. Mm. Yeah. I just don't look forward to being the first one to run into a skunk. <laughs> before it's too late. All right. So actually, the uh, you have quite a few of the tour guides here yeah. for haunted walks. Um, you mentioned one is, is very spiritual. Uh, yes. You know. So, and she's not the only one. There are uh, there are many. I would think you'd have to have an interest in the paranormal. So mm -hmm. you must have had some sort of interest when you applied to. Uh, to an uh, to an extent. Yeah. 
admittedly at the beginning I had treated it as sort of like because of my uh, acting experience I was like this sounds like theater right that I'm getting paid for yeah like the stories tell themselves really yeah. you just deli- uh, just you have to deliver it even semi effectively and yeah the stories themselves will take care of it can of you tell our listeners the uh, freezer story oh it, so like you mean the one, one in the building that we're in right now? That's right. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for reminding me. Um, it is a rather quick one. It, uh, it happened uh, ooh, a few years back. I'm trying to remember exactly which year. But one of the security guards was doing his uh, patrol like late at night. There was almost no one here. And just to paint a picture, this was the type of security guard that you would be thinking he would look like. The big, no-nonsense, intimidating type. Like, wouldn't get pushed around. I could see Danny waving to Dan, like, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I don't have to paint a picture, I'm looking at it. <laughs> right. But uh, he was down, uh, like, he started hearing some noises, and, and the noises lead him downstairs in the basement to check. And it, we have a kitchen in the basement. And here. this is a very modern building. Yes. This is not a, a yeah. Pioneer Village type no, place. No, this we, is the welcome building. The, right? uh, electricity be running, we got <laughs> air conditioning, yeah. right? there's a fridge, we've refrained from checking what's in it. Well done, us. Yes. So it doesn't look like a a haunted place. No. So to speak. Not at all. Not unless you're in Saw or something. That's different. So he hears some noise in the basement. Yep. And uh, it leads into the kitchen where there is a walk-in freezer. Like it's the type of, it's the door that can be opened both from inside and out. The reasoning behind that is that makes it easier to keep the cold. And you don't get trapped in there too. That, That little detail as well. But this time, uh, the guard uh, found the, uh, realized what the noises were. They were pounding. And it was coming from the other side of the freezer door. It sounded like something was trying to get out. Hmm. So he did the wise thing, uh, got away, called, uh, called for dispatch. But by the time he had his backup, they went downstairs to check. Mind you, nobody could have gone past him. They found the freezer was empty. Hmm. And he hasn't set foot in the village ever since. No. No. Yeah. Some people get pretty sensitive oh, about yeah. it, anything like that. I would if I were him, to be fair. On his front, well, I think I'd do the same. You, you work here long enough, you never you never know. You might have that experience. <laughs> no, I mean, what? And Very well. You can call Danny and I and say, yeah. hey. Yeah. Have well, I got a story for I you? I got a story for you. Would you be scared? Uh, what, what would your reaction be if this was, was maybe you that... I could only really tell you after having done it. Um, <laughs> l- very wary, likely very, very wary. I am not. Would quite you set foot again? In depending on what happens in there. Yeah. Like knowing there's a presence in there on its own, probably could handle that. Right. Knowing the presence doesn't want me there. Right. This may be a different matter. <laughs> I'm like, how far yeah. do I want to test this? Yeah. I yeah. can only tell you when this uh, when this situation actually turns up. Mm-hmm. I admit, while I've run into maybe some weird moments, I have never felt that something wanted me to go away. Right. Well, yeah. Watch me jinx it some more. <laughs> well, you're not, you're not often by yourself either. Yeah. You're, you're, no. You're with a group. Not often, but there is some setup to do before the guests turn up. Oh. Those lanterns didn't just turn up there. Oh, okay. Uh, for example, I gotta go p- uh, get them in a bit. It is the part of this tour I like the least. <laughs> yeah, I bet. By a mile. <laughs> and you're and you're the guy. You're the last one out. 
Uh, I would be to uh, well today I might be like I I reckon uh, the folks with the haunting might need some help locking up that uh, the halfway house. It is a big house after mm-hmm. all. I'm like, well, I'm here, so sure, right. we'll all get home faster. Maybe. All right, we're gonna uh, take a little bit of a break for a second here, and then we'll come back and we'll uh, get into some more stories. That's all right with you? That's quite okay with me. You're listening to Phantom Faction Podcast. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction at outlook.com. Okay, we're back, and Basil joins us, and we are going to talk about some some more of your tours that you do in downtown Toronto. That's right, yes. Which uh, probably many of our listeners has probably been to Toronto. Hope so. Uh, but if not, I mean, it's, it's very modernized, but there's still some old buildings. Yeah. Right downtown. No. Quite, uh, yeah. Sometimes it can throw people for a loop, seeing one of these, like, uh, a building that clearly... Uh, is still from the 19th century, just sitting in the middle of downtown. Right, with Maybe tall th- buildings all surrounding it, but it's, uh, yeah. Arguably the most haunted building in the city, according to some. Mackenzie House is a, like a, it's a, it's a house from the 1900s that's around the corner from Young and Dundas Square. Our answer to Times Square, essentially. That's right. right. So people get thrown for a loop where they're like, where, right. where's the Young and Dundas? We're like... That's yeah. 100 meters from here. Like, that way. Right. Turn I, the corner. I'm always so impressed walking downtown. It, just the architecture that uh, so detailed, like back in the early century. Uh, Haunted Walks does a tour, which you take part in. Yes, we have, uh, we have four regular tours that I know of in Toronto. I give three of them. I'm part of the team that gives three of them. Black Creek Pioneer Village we've talked about. The original uh, Haunted Walk is uh, primarily in the downtown core. Okay. Um, like it starts by the Hockey Hall of Fame and ends right around the corner from Young and Dundas. Is the Hockey Hall of Fame on the tour? Yes. Well, That's the first story I tell. Priceless. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. More from and its bank days when it used to be well, a bank. And tell us, tell us this story because I know and it's a lady, isn't it? That's the one we know about, yes. Yes, in, in the... Would it be Dorothy you're referring to? Yes. Yes. Oh, I don't know the story at all. Oh, well, let's hear it. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> spin it out. Hockey Hall of Fame, downtown Toronto. Used to be a bank. Used to be a bank of Montreal, to be specific. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in the bank days, they would notice some weird things would be going on in there, like lights turning on and off of their own accord, people turning from their desks, turning back to find them in disarray. Um, but they noticed that they felt this very uh, a presence in there above all and this presence was the strongest in the women's washroom on the second floor like it reached an extent that management uh, felt compelled because the female employees were so uncomfortable with using that washroom they built another one in the basement for them really? <laughs> so then the bank closed down and they turned it into the Hockey Hall of Fame we know now but the staff in the interim felt where we weren't going to be done with these uh, moments so one time there was a group uh, like a tourist group walking around inside there mostly adults but there was one young boy with them and as they were walking between the displays the boy suddenly stopped and he started pointing at apparently nothing mm-hmm. and they kept asking him what's up and he just kept saying can you see it can you see it and no one had any idea what he was talking about and he described he was watching a woman with long dark hair walking through the walls and he went on to describe her in really good detail. 
Not realizing the woman he was describing sounded a lot for a like Dorothy, who used to be an employee of the bank days mm. back in the 1950s. Now, Dorothy was known in life to be very outgoing, sophisticated, charming, but she came into work one day very early in the morning, and according to the very few co-workers who were in there at the time, looking very stressed, and she went immediately to the women's washroom on the second floor, the specific washroom, and didn't get heard from, wasn't heard from again. Mm. It was only when other people went in to check on her, they found her lying there in a pool of blood. Next to her was the handgun mm. that the bank used to keep in a drawer for those days. So it was easy to conclude that Dorothy had shot herself with it. Mm -hmm. But what drove her to that? We don't know. But <laughs> We don't know for certain. Right. There are a lot of theories. The strongest one we know of revolves around the suspicion from some of her co-workers back in the day that she was having an affair with a bank manager, a married one. Right. who owned an apartment in Brookfield Place, which is the big office building right around the corner there. Right. So the st strongest story goes that he decided openly against leaving his wife for Dorothy. Mm. And this made Dorothy sad. Mm. Right. Yeah, I heard that uh, Yeah, certain hauntings in the Hockey Hall of Fame and even in the, the trophy room downstairs, which used to be the safe, I guess. I hear this, yes. Yeah. I've never set foot down there, but I believe I heard this bit. Yeah. Trophy yeah. room being the and safe. I've heard yeah. that too, but I don't, you know, I don't know what the story is behind that. But, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so you start uh, downtown. Yep. Hockey Hall. Of oh, I'm sorry. I uh, yeah, I veered through. I forgot oh, to list no, all the rest of them. I wanted to hear that story, so it's good. It's the opening one for that one, so no worries. So there's that downtown one, the original haunted walk. There's the campus secrets inspectors tour, which is mostly in or around the University of Toronto campus, mm -hmm. which. Any, any alumnus from that university, they tend to be aware of two or three of the stories I tell anyway, if not knowing the entire details of them. Mm -hmm. In a couple of cases, there are variants to the stories, but they are known, like they, they've gotten around. Um, and the final one, the one that I, the only one that I don't directly give myself is over at the distillery district. Mm -hmm. For those who haven't been to Toronto, like it's definitely one of the more picturesque places to go to here right and not a little creepy at night <laughs> quite gothic i yeah. would say yeah sometimes well, a lot of tv shows and movies are filmed down there too. lots of them yeah. lots of them yeah i would think that sometimes the uh, the real people in downtown toronto are scarier than the spirits <laughs> you you joke about it yeah. I've, run, I've run into moments like any big city right, <laughs> yeah, right. yes the people watching is fantastic to an extent, yes. The good news is they most tend to be friendly, at the very least. <laughs> That's right. If not, maybe completely aware of how disruptive they can be, but at least they mean well. <laughs> right. Oh, exactly. Uh, have you had any troubles on any of the tours? Any serious trouble? No. No. No, If I, I would have remembered that. Yeah. I am... Um, I, I, there are some classic cases, like you're giving a tour on a Friday night, and any, any of these other tours, you're downtown enough, 
you're bound to run into somebody who is at least wisely walking home after too many drinks rather than driving. <laughs> but that, of course, would be the moment that he decides he wants to tell you about this ghost that he might have seen in his washroom. <laughs> right. And uh, while you are in, while it is fascinating the way he's telling it, you're like, with respect, uh, these folks have have stuff to go to, and I've got twenty minutes left, like that kind of thing. Right. Right. Yeah. But uh, maybe the most interesting outside interference that I've dealt with happened the very first tour I ever gave with the haunted walk, for the haunted walk. Um, it was the downtown one. I, I, I think I was passing Queen and Victoria. I don't know if that's even a quarter. But I was walking almost up to St. Mike's uh, Hospital, St. Michael's Hospital. Mm -hmm. And somebody was, uh, seemed to be watching me crossing the street from the Tim Hortons that's right on the corner there. And he bothers to leave his stuff, kind of poke his head out the door, and just starts heckling at me. And he's like, "Are you?" The words he used, I'll never forget them. Are you looking for an honest man? <laughs> and I, at the time, I was like, yeah. eh, "Cute." Right. I'm like, "That's that's different from the usual Harry Potter heckles that I guess." <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> In which they don't tend to be very creative. They just yell out Harry Potter. That is the heckle. Mm. Um, but in this case, this felt very specific. Like I didn't know what was up. So I went back after finishing the tour to mention it to the uh, to the guy the office where uh, the uh, my boss in the office, and she uh, had some uh, like got a face and was like, "Hang on a minute," and she did some research and she looked up that he was this guy, this random fella in the Tim Hortons, was referring to a particular Greek philosopher. For the life of me, I cannot remember his name at the moment, and this will bother me all night. However, whoever this philosopher was, his major claim to fame was that he was seen around his towns by his townsfolk walking around in a black cloak and carrying a lantern. Oh. Not unlike what you lads are looking at right now on me. <laughs> and when they'd asked him what, what he was doing, he'd say, I'm looking for an honest man, but all I see are, I can't remember, liars and scoundrels. Right. Right. <laughs> which I, which made me realize that this is likely not never going to be dethroned as the most educated heckle mm. I will ever get in my lifetime in any job. <laughs> well, that's great. We want to thank you so much for taking the time to uh, come on our podcast and take us on the tour. And oh, thank you very much for having me on this front. That was good. Yeah, it was my first ever haunted walk tour. Yeah. So. Yeah, and uh, maybe we should uh, let people know what they have to do if they wanted to go on one of these haunted oh, walks cheers with that. the Haunted Walks company. The good news is it's quite direct. Just head up onto hauntedwalk.com. That's the most direct way, doing the online bookings, you know, like the kids do these days. Um, alternatively, you can call us, uh, our number, I'm just remembering it, 416-238-1473. All right. That's the uh, number to the uh, Haunted Walk Toronto office. Mm -hmm. The good news is they are connected anyway with the Ottawa and uh, Kingston numbers as well. Right. If you end up like calling that one by mistake from the site, the good news is they can lead you to the Toronto office. Right. All right. Thank you very much for joining us. Oh, no worries. Thank you for having me, guys. All great. right. This was a pleasure. Phantom Faction Podcast, a podcast to educate, entertain, assist, and guide anyone involved or interested in the paranormal. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction at outlook.com.